Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our next podcast. Today, we're talking about video game tie-in comics. So this one is a little specific. We're going to do uh, comics that are attached to video game series. So things that kind of expand, expand the lore and help deepen your understanding of the whole world. So today, I'm joined by Tim. He's a library assistant here with me at Litchfield Park. And our special guest... Hi, I'm Jeff from Goodyear Library. And we're all pretty big video game nerds, and we love reading comic books, so we're super excited to talk about this. And Tim, what are we going to go through today? Uh, we're going to go through Injustice by Tom Taylor, Brian Busoletto, Jeremy Rapak, Mike S. Miller, and many other artists. Uh, Dragon Age and its various miniseries by David Gator, Alex Freed, Greg Rucka, and Nunzio DePhillips with art by Chad Harden, Carmen Canero, Fernando Hines, Furukawa, uh, and Michael Atelier. And then we're going through Sonic the Hedgehog, the more modern series by Ian Flynn, tra- uh, art by Tracy Yardley, Adam Bryce, uh, Thomas, uh, Jen Hernandez, and Evan Stanley. And finally, The Last of Us American Dreams, written by Neil Druckmann, art by Faith Aaron Hicks. Boy, that is quite a list. Um, but don't worry, guys, we're going to get into each of these and break them down. So we're going to start with Injustice. And personally, Injustice is a, a superb comic. Um, I've only played the video game a little bit, Injustice and Injustice 2. Fighting games aren't necessarily my strong suit, but I thoroughly enjoyed this comic. Um, it's won multiple awards, I yes. Think, yes? So. Yeah. Yes. So, Injustice has won multiple comics awards. It was a digital first comic, uh, meant that it's published online first. And it actually ran from 2013 to 2016, but the books uh, took a while to physically come out. uh, And then the sequel was produced uh, based off the sequel for the game as well. So, So if you're not familiar with the concept of Injustice, it poses um, the age old question what if Superman? Or evil. Yes. Evil dictator. Evil dictator yes. Superman. And if yes. that sentence right there alone isn't enough to get you interested, I don't know what is. That that's what sold me on the book. I mean the concept of having evil Superman fight uh as always the true uh upholder of justice Batman uh drew me immediately to this book and I was not disappointed. Yeah, this book really explores a lot of very interesting concepts, especially with Superman. Like, he has so much power. Like, what if ultimately he just decided he was done with the world? And you you know what? He's going to stop everyone from hurting anyone. And it's very interesting because you kind of see and follow his descent into this sort of madness. And it's fantastic. And I think in this case, uh, especially in this this instance, the comic expands on a story that doesn't get as much service in the actual game because it's a fighting game and people are there for the fighting game mechanics, they're there for the competition. Um, And the story is unfortunately usually a little secondary. That's not always the case, but um, in this case, the tie-in comic expanded and over the course of five years really showcased uh, the because the comic is a prequel, and it showcased how Superman goes from being the Superman we all know to being the dictator of the regime in the the game, 
and the the two media sort of blend together nicely uh, where you get this award-winning comic and then you get this very very well respected game and they uh, they they just sort of mesh very very nicely yeah it's like Civil War but DC edition <laughs> yes I, I yeah I I love watching the the descent of Superman you know for truth and justice um, and each step I I feel like you can see the good intentions and even some like well-reasoned thought is put into it. But, um, you know, it's, it slowly leads to, uh, a, an unjust world, if you will. Um, and, and, and so I, I love that it's, it's full of these difficult questions. Um, you know, my wife and I read it together, uh, and there's all kinds of like deep discussion that, that you can have with, wow, like I, I, you know, I, I kind of agreed with this, but then, um, you know, yeah, it seems like a good idea for Superman to just say, no more war. I'm stopping the war. Like, why, why wouldn't you want war to stop? And if mm -hmm. Superman, the, you know, yeah, force that seems like a good idea on paper. Yeah. There's especially some of the, the early, the volume one, volume two decisions Superman is making. You're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I guess I could see why that, that could be good. Yeah. Yeah. And like, any great heel turn, uh, the reason the bad guy is the bad guy has to make sense to them. And in the case of Injustice, it doesn't feel too far out of character in the beginning for Superman's actions to follow through. Uh, for instance, Superman in the Golden Age ran around the world and just started putting an end to war and would literally grab people and force them to sit down and talk. <laughs> And that's that's Golden Age original Superman. And that's not too far out of the realm of what happened in the first couple volumes of Injustice. Um, now, as you go along and Superman starts going further and further down, then it becomes a more clear delineation. Yeah. Uh, but early on, you can you can definitely find yourself agreeing more with Superman. Yeah, definitely. I, I think somewhere around maybe volume three, volume four, or year three, year four, I was just like, okay, like this is the point, Superman, where you're like, yeah, Batman, you're right. But yeah. before that, it was just like, yeah, you know, Superman should, should do these things. Yeah, and that's that's I think a credit to the the storytelling is that it it gets us to the same place the game starts without feeling rushed and without feeling forced. Yeah. Now this is a lot of psychological and kind of deep mental stuff here. There's a lot of great action in these comic books too. Um, Jeff, did you have a favorite like superhero matchup for some of our favorite superheroes fighting each other? Oh man. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm partial to the green lanterns. And so Ooh, yeah. um, I, I think it's volume three that they come in. I can't remember two or three. Um, yeah. And we get, um, Ugu? is that his name? Mogo. Mogo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A giant planet comes to, uh, the battle. Um, so that like that whole scene, like you can't get more epic than like all of Earth's heroes and like the entire intergalactic superhero force, like slugging it out with each other. The Yellow Lanterns come in um, and uh, it felt really good. Uh, one of the things I like about uh, the, these battles and these series is because this is it's in its own universe. 
you can actually have like cons death and consequences to actions. Um, right. One of the things that's hard with Batman and Superman is you got to sell, a, you know, a Batman or Superman comic next month. So you, you can't right. have things go too crazy off the rails, yeah. but there's real death. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's real death and consequences and um, people moving forward in this series. And, and I really love that about some of these battles is that there are lasting consequences from them. Yeah, and people dealing with the fallout from that are just phenomenally done. Like this, yeah. this is probably when a lot of Superman's regime starts questioning him is when he starts losing core members, and you're just he's just, just like, "This is what we're doing," and people are like, "This is bad." Yeah, also, and at the end uh, of that battle, he ends up like as a Yellow Lantern essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like that is like that. There's this big shot of him just like angry and ready to kill, and like yellow lantern up and that is the like most terrifying picture of superman i've ever seen yes because for those who don't know the yellow lanterns operate on the power of fear so in order to qualify for a yellow lantern you have to impose so much fear that it literally becomes like a superpower yeah and uh famously batman has qualified to be a yellow lantern because he imposes fear but Superman shouldn't. And no. if Superman's in a place where he's imposing fear, he can do it very, very quickly and very easily. And it's a very, very scary sight to see. It really is. Uh, yeah, Superman going full evil dictator, that would terrify me. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, um, again, Injustice ran for quite a while. It ran for five years quote unquote in uh for season one and then season two uh which was a prequel to the sequel <laughs> yep. uh ran for i believe six volumes as well and all of injustice is available on google our digital resource definitely yes. check that out um when we were finding it for filming this podcast we had a little trouble finding it directly on hoopla we had to find some links through the mclv catalog to get to the Hoopla books. So if you find it, if you can't find like your two or your three, go ahead and try that. Yes. Uh, that brings us to our next uh, comic. And this one's a little interesting because it's the Dragon Age miniseries. And the various Dragon Age miniseries are really broken into two categories. The original trilogy of miniseries by David Gator and Alexander Freed and then the smaller miniseries that came after that tell one story also. Yeah, and Dragon Age, if you're not familiar with those games, they're kind of dark, gritty, high fantasy stories. They're about, um, you know, elves and mages and wizards, yeah. but with kind of, with that standard dark twist on it, like the mages have great potential to become demons and start destroying the world. Yeah. Uh, there's Templars, whose job it is to control these mages so they don't take over the world. Yeah. Um, and then there's you know various empires of varying degrees of morality. They want to conquer the world, but they also want to make it a better place. Yeah, in some cases. In some cases, yeah. but they're also like very much in hold indoctrinate people things. So that's not great. Um, and if you haven't played Dragon Age, it's a fantastic game. Um, it's an RPG, a lot of fun. Yeah, there's Dragon Age Origins, which is the original. Uh, Dragon Age 2, and then Dragon Age Inquisition. And the comics occupy kind of an interesting place because they span pretty much all of the games, or the, the, from the ending of Origins through 2 and then up through Inquisition. Yes, the original three miniseries take place between Origins and 2, and the 
various other miniseries take place during the events of the third game, Inquisition. Yeah. So you get some some main character shifts as you're reading through these. So that's yeah. just something to expect. Yeah. So Jeff, what did you think of the Dragon Age miniseries? So this is the, the one game that I haven't really played. So I came into this with no knowledge oh, okay, really <laughs> of the world or the characters. Um, and so um, I was reading and um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. There were definitely moments where I was not in the know or I felt like, oh, I should yeah. probably know who, these characters' relations or whatever. Yeah. And so it definitely um, is not set up for, um, I think, like a newbie friendly, I would not say. Like it, it assumes that you have some knowledge of the games. And if you don't, you can still enjoy it. But there's, I think, definitely going to be times where I was a little confused or I didn't have maybe the knowledge or the buy-in of this character or this plot point um, that I would have if I had played the games. No, I really appreciate that perspective of yours, Jeff, because I, Tim and I are both deeply invested in the Dragon Age games. Yeah. We've, we've sunk hundreds of hours into them. So, yeah, I, I can see that now that you've said it, some places where, if, like, especially at the beginning, like you have no idea who this King Alistair is and what yes. he's doing and why he doesn't want to be king and all that. But that's all explained in the first game. So, yes. So, and yeah, definitely understand that. I think the first three miniseries are much more lore-heavy and directly tied to the events of the first game. Um, whereas I think the other smaller miniseries, starting with Mage Killer, uh, are much more just in-the-world style storytelling. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I was going to recommend these books to people, I would I would start with Mage Killer. Yeah, I think so too, because that, that one is tied to the Inquisition, the third video game, but Inquisition is more just kind of like the background setting for this comic so yeah you'll get some easter eggs in it but it's not like you have to know everything that's going but on but it, it was a really interesting world um you know jump in and like they're like the first page they're explaining the city is full and every like everyone's a backstabbing like <laughs> assassin in the city um and uh, so it was it was interesting to kind of like learn about the lore in the world uh, i thought it was an interesting place um, and I agree, yeah, like the, the first ones, it really throws you in. And you're like, hey, these guys, your buddies, we're back for more adventure <laughs> with them. You remember them, right? And I was like, uh, no. But the, the later ones is, is more, yeah, beginner friendly. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really interesting point. And, um, you know, things, I think this one, especially the early ones of these are probably kind of the most prone to that issue. I think Injustice doesn't have that issue at all. If you jumped into Injustice without yeah. playing the video game, you'd be totally fine. Because it's prequel and it takes place before the game happened. Yes, and I think as an example of how lore heavy the first two are, I just realized as we were discussing it that it's actually a sequel out of two and not the first one because it has Varric and Isabella as main characters and they're introduced in two. So even I, I put literally multiple hundreds of hours into these games even I was just like, I just forgot which game this actually directly ties to. <laughs> yeah, but as as a whole, I think if you like if you like the darker kind of fantasy where you know there's evil hordes of yeah. beasts that yeah. are trying to you know, eradicate all life, yeah. 
Right. Uh, and it's not it's not kind of your standard epic or high fantasy where it has like a chosen one who's going to save the world. Yeah. So it's more like this is more boots on the ground kind of or common folk, especially the mage killer ones. Like what they're doing while these ultra powerful chosen ones are off battling in the video games. It's like what is the common soldier doing? Yeah. On the front lines. This is uh, the the back the back set of mini series going from uh, mage killer to dark fortress are literally about assembling a team of uh, basically losers in many <laughs> yeah. cases. Uh, drunken knights, thieves, uh, assassins, and putting them together to essentially go raid an evil fortress and try and take it from the bad guys and slowly building them up through the course of these mini-series to where when you get to the actual events of Dark Fortress, their deaths mean more they're essentially a suicide squad yeah and they uh their deaths mean more they're and in the background all this epic world changing stuff is going on but they have one job they need to do yeah i really appreciate that kind of that laser in focused on these sort of these average they don't have super amazing powers they have maybe slightly above average people powers in some yeah. cases yeah but they don't have thick plot armor they're not the they're not the hero of the video games yeah, there's there's definitely it's many surprising moments i i found in in these stories and maybe not as many as injustice which is just like packed with surprising moments every other page yeah um, but yeah there was definitely several moments where i was like oh i did not expect it to go that way or i did not expect them to just you know sword through this person in the middle of like the conversation or whatever yeah so then we'll go ahead and move on although i will quickly say dragon age um the graphic novels are also available on hoopla they also are on freeding which is another one of our digital resources and freeding has weekly cap limits instead of monthly so if you're reading a whole bunch of comics check out freeding yes and then we will go ahead and move on to sonic the hedgehog this is the current or the newer publication starting in 2018 and going through present day um, I believe Jeff is our resident Sonic expert here. I'm definitely a bit biased. I'm I'm a bit of a Sonic fanboy for sure. Yes, I grew up with the Genesis and not Nintendo systems, mm. so I was a I was a Sonic fan as well. Yeah, I grew up with the Nintendo system. But I didn't get into Sonic until quite a bit later in life. I've only played a little bit of it. Yes. Um, so Jeff, if you'd like to to introduce us to the world of Sonic. Yeah. So the, this. Uh, series in particular is kind of a, a reboot. So for years and years and years, Sonic was was held by Archie Comics. Um, and at one point held the record for like the longest running comic book e- ever. Um, and so uh, it, it totally got rebooted, but it doesn't exactly feel like it. It's also strangely a sequel to a Sonic game called Sonic Forces. And so in that game, um, Dr. Eggman kind of like takes over the world, captures Sonic for, like, a couple of years and holds him in a dungeon somewhere. Um, and so the world is kind of, like, in a post-apocalyptic state throughout most of the game. Um, spoiler alert, Sonic defeats Dr. Eggman at the end, and then and this comic comes in, like, right after that. And the world is still, you know, post-apocalyptic. The armies are still kind of running around, and Eggman has disappeared. And so Sonic is trying to clean up um all of the like remaining wreckage and straggler eggman armies but also figure out like what happened to his you know longtime nemesis yeah so 
I'll preface this by saying I greatly enjoyed this comic. It's a fun romp, and following Sonic around on his adventures is fantastically enjoyable. Um, there are, I have a lot of feelings about this comic, and, I, and Tim and I have talked about this a little bit as we were preparing for this. There is some really interesting like tonality going on in this. Yes. Um, where like on like one hand you'll be talking about like these super serious issues because we're in this post-apocalyptic world and there's like war crimes going on and and then like Sonic the next page will just be like cracking a joke about chili dogs. Chili dogs. <laughs> this is yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like think- Sonic Sonic was a prisoner of war for several years. They make no bones about saying like he was tortured. And the other characters in that time have grown up and they're leading rebellions and they're helping rebuild cities. And at one point, Tails wants to go adventure with Sonic, but then he's like, no, the responsible thing is to stay here and help these folks. And meanwhile, Sonic is just still the exact same Sonic and just zipping across the countryside. And he's basically unstoppably... Sonic is the best way I think to put it. Nothing phases him like at all. Yeah. Jeff, I, I'm hoping I can get your help on this one. I had a little bit of trouble placing who I would recommend this comic to because it's. I, I think kids obviously would enjoy this because it's Sonic. Yeah. But at the same time, like I think um, an adult even could enjoy this just because you know it, it it takes a lot of things very seriously even still. Right. I I, I think so. I I would recommend it to anybody but teenagers probably <laughs> um because you're right like it's it, it is full of these like cartoon characters running around doing you know happy sonic stuff but it's also yeah full it's a post-apocalyptic world and there's all kinds of weird stuff that you know the volume after this deals with basically like a zombie apocalypse outbreak um it's like a bioweapon that dr Eggman yeah. releases like that, yeah. that's horrible <laughs> right and so yeah it, it's it's all this like terrible stuff but it, it still handles it with somewhat kid gloves and so um yeah you can read about terrible stuff but at the end of the day you know that it's going to be a fluffy sonic ending um, yeah, it's all gonna be okay sonic is here yes yeah but um, yeah, I thoroughly just enjoy the absurdity of it. So yeah, I would recommend it to people who who like, um, you know, like uh, Adult Swim style entertainment of just like ridiculous absurdity or um, comedy of the absurd. Like definitely, this should be something that you should check out. Yeah, I think you're you're spot on with that with the the high levels of absurdity because you know just. Watching Sonic just like smash through tanks is always fun, but yeah, uh, I mean, and plus you just get like crazy, like all of the Sonic characters, all of them show up. Yes. It's like the great Sonic mashup of everyone who's ever been in a Sonic game. Well, and that's and then the, some that aren't. Sort of, uh, sort of the point of Sonic Forces also was not only do all the Sonic characters show up, but even the character you make shows up, and uh, as a as a spinoff from that, but even because they reference bosses from other Sonic games, and they have the the uh, the color wisps from Colors, and so it's it's taking like all of Sonic lore and putting it into one bo- one series and using all of it for various uh, various storytelling methods, and I think that's that's really nice. It's also a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it. it- 
it's definitely not for someone who needs like serious explanations of yes. why all of these things are in here and why Sonic lives in a like a, a giant world of anthropomorphic animals and then one human Dr. Eggman like yes. there's yeah. no explanation for why there's one human person and everything else is an animal or a robot yeah. yeah, or from the future traveling to the past. <laughs> yeah. Why some of the animals are still like animal sized? <laughs> uh, because when Doctor Robotnik is releasing, or Eggman is releasing the uh, uh, the bio weapon, and he's starting to take over these test subjects, they're they're clearly intelligent animals, but they're also still like regular rabbit sized. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's little things like that throughout the series that's very like that's an interesting storytelling choice but it's never really <laughs> touched on and you're just like all right we're moving on gotta go fast <laughs> there's there's also some like really like deep explorations of some like serious themes in this too like dr eggman's whole storyline from the first um, volumes is that he's forgotten he's completely lost his memory he's like a entirely new person and sonic has this like crisis of like can i punish this man for things that he genuinely thinks he did not do he doesn't remember he's a good person now yeah can i punish him for what his, his past self did and it's like that's a serious debate and it's a serious yes. question and the only reason eggman comes back is literally to fix metal sonic like that's that's the one thing that brings eggman back to the surface of the personality is that he can't not fix his creations. Yeah, he cares is, that it was broken and smashed yes. by Sonic. I mean, for good reason, because Metal yeah, Sonic was trying to destroy yeah. everything, but yeah. It's uh, it's an exceptionally like weird, like there's some genuine charm to Eggman. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird to say, but like he's he's sort of like the Riddler, where he's compulsive in what he does because he has to do it an exact certain way. And that's that's made clear through many, uh, many issues in this, that when somebody is trying to take out Sonic and can do so easily, he's like, no, that's not how we do things. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, when Metal Sonic is defeated, he's like, Metal Sonic, I'm going to give you a choice. Yeah. And then Metal Sonic runs away, obviously, and he's just like, it's his choice. Yeah. He can go be evil if he wants to. And like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess you could have just stopped a lot. But. So it's, it's a, yeah. If you like summer blockbusters that don't take their plot too seriously, yeah, this yeah. is probably going to be up your alley. And if you like just ridiculous, absurd comedy with a little bit of like heart and um, deep questions mixed in, this is for you. Um, if you love anime, yeah, this this is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this <laughs> totally feels like it could be. You know. Uh, a Naruto or a Dragon Ball Z oh, yeah. type of story. <laughs> yes, and if Glenn and I sound like we're uh, coming across like this thing is completely crazy, it's because a little bit it is, but also it's very We clearly read all of the volume. Yeah. Once you start reading this, you <laughs> really stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like popcorn in that like sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes very, very quickly, which is yeah, apropos. There's a lot of nice big double page spreads. Yeah. The art's beautiful. It's very readable. It's yeah. very it's very easy to track the action. I like yeah. that about it. So you can really get through these pretty quick. Yes, it's a it's a tremendous 
tie-in comic, and it really does the original Archie series pretty well also um, as, a, as a sequel to that. Yeah, so definitely highly recommend Sonic to, uh, as Jeff said, maybe not teenagers, but maybe, I don't know, depends on what you like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but that one, Sonic also all available on Hoopla, if you want to get that one right away. Yes. And I'd, I'd recommend, uh, if you're going on Hoopla, get the, it's Sonic the Hedgehog, the IDW collection. It, it has yes. Yes. volumes 1 through 12, so you can read a whole lot for only one checkout. Yeah, great suggestion, Jeff. And that also includes, uh, if you're not using Freeding for Dragon Age, uh, there are two omnibus editions that collect all of the various miniseries, and that's except for Dark Fortress, which just came out. Um, so that uh, that really helps save on your Hoopla downloads. We're all about maximizing your Hoopla downloads here. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we'll move on to our very last one, um, The Last of Us. American Dreams, and this is obviously a tie-in to The Last of Us video games. It's uh, a prequel to The Last of Us, the first one, not the second one. And as of right now, there's only one volume of this that's published on uh, available digitally. Um, there might be more of that. I'm not sure. I'm sure there's more coming. Of course, it's obviously that's on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Well, I uh, I'm sort of like uh, Jeff with Dragon Age on The Last of Us, where I've I've never actually played The Last of Us or its sequel. So coming into this, this is the most I've ever known about uh, The Last of Us at all or their characters. So there was a little bit of uh, almost like a culture shock where I just sort of got tossed in, um, but it's an enjoyable, like short four issue arc that's very much, you instantly sort of get the feel, the shorthand they're going for with, even though it's the cordyceps virus and it's a fungus, it still feels very, uh, very like Night of the Living Dead yeah. uh, and zombies. So Jeff, what did you think of it? Uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I I liked the character work. I thought um, there were some really interesting like coming of age issues, especially you know coming of age in a zombie apocalypse. Um, and so that was a lot of fun for me. Um, I I thought they did a pretty decent job of yeah um, you know exploring the world for people who haven't um, played any of these games. Uh, I think it has the issue that maybe many, I think Injustice and maybe Dragon Age as well have this issue where, um, you know, the story is told in the video game or, or a story is told in the video game. And so a lot of these will be a prequel and it leads up to the start of the story. So if you just read this one thing, um, you know, it doesn't fully resolve everything at the end. Even Injustice, when uh, when we finished reading that, you know, we had to go on YouTube and watch, like, clips of the video game so we could get, like, the, the full, complete ending to that story. Yes. Uh, a quick note on that one. There is um, an Injustice retelling of the, video, of the video game in a comic book form as told by Harley Quinn that you can check out. So I that's called, called Ground, Ground Zero, Zero yes. yes. Uh, um, but yeah, so I think many of, many of these have that issue where it's, yeah. you know, it, it has an ending of sorts, but it's not the full ending that you would love to see. Yeah, these prequel series, they definitely suffer from that kind of yes. problem. Uh, and I think this is 
just because it's just the four issues um, in this one volume, I think this one tends to have the most like it's clearly a tie-in feel to it. Um, and that's that's not a bad thing. This is an award-winning game series. Um, and clearly people want more of the story. Right. Uh, I think they're turning it into a Netflix uh, TV show. I believe so, yes. yeah. And it's it's clearly very, like, very ingrained for people. Uh, I think it would have... It would have read a lot uh, easier if there were more volumes. Uh, sort of the the same way, like Dragon Age, I think gets easier with the back volumes where it's loosely connected storytelling, just set in the world. Yeah, it gives a little more time to breathe. Yes, and kind of get yourself into the world. But as a, as a single volume, it's very well done. The art is incredibly nice, and while it's uh, "Quote unquote simple art." It's both very evocative and very emotionally like fulfilling. Like you get the emotions that the characters are feeling because there are multiple panels where it's just shots of people's faces yeah. and their reactions, and you can instantly pick up what what that is supposed to convey. And I think that's a that's a hard. That's a hard art to to master. Yeah, it's, they do great work on the facial expressions. Yeah. When when Jeff pitched this one, I was like, uh, like Last of Us, a comic tie-in. Yeah, but that'll have some like a lot of great like zombie action and shooting zombies yeah. and stuff like that. But no, it, like like Jeff said, this is a coming of age story more than yeah. anything, and so it deals with those problems, and so it's a little bit more like cerebral than it yes. is action packed, which I think actually works pretty well for it because the games themselves are more focused on kind of the, the sort of mental aspect of living in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I, I definitely got, like, I think you go through three issues before you really encounter uh, one of the people infected with the cordyceps. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and even then, it's just one person in, originally. And obviously the fighting summons more, and yeah. then things start unraveling. But it's, it's very much about these two girls and their journey yeah trying to find a place in this crazy world yes <laughs> yeah m more than the other ones this one definitely focuses on on character growth and um, um emotions and dealing with that kind of stuff yes it does uh it does feel uh very very different than just about everything else here i i think some of the more down moments of the Dragon Age uh, miniseries sort of equal that, but stuff in Injustice and Sonic the Hedgehog are all like way up here um, for action and just nonstop storytelling. And then you come down here and you're you're basically like, okay, we're just going to talk this out for a little bit. And that's what The Last of Us is. It's a conversation about just what is happening in the world. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It works well in this setting. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, it's, it's very much its own thing, especially in the context of our, our podcast. It is very different than the other three, and it is very, uh, very personal. Mm. Yeah, good word for it. Yeah. Well, I think that'll about wrap us up, unless you have anything else you want to say on The Last of Us, Jeff? 
Uh, no, yeah. Thanks for uh, inviting me to talk about some awesome video game comics. Um, I, I liked each of them for different reasons. Yeah, um, they're each quite different from one another, so it's quite yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Injustice, Dragon Age, Sonic the Hedgehog, and The Last of Us. All very different games, and all very different comics that I think kind of suit the games that they are made for. Yes, uh, I, would, I would recommend all of these. Uh, maybe for different points, uh, <laughs> like if you're feeling different, uh, different emotions uh, at different points in your life, there one of these four will suit that. <laughs> yep. uh, they are totally different. Um, but yeah, I think that. Yeah. So thanks everyone for watching. Um, we're gonna do another podcast here in a little bit. Um, we're gonna do crazy, crazy crossover comic events next. So look forward to that one coming out. Yeah. So crazy things like Hello Kitty and Transformers together. Yeah. Or Archie and Predator. Or Archie and Predator, yeah. Or Archie and the Punisher. Or Archie and the Punisher. There's so many out there. So we're going to pick a couple of those, narrow that down, and hope to look, or give you something to look forward to. Yes. And thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ. 